This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers. How's everyone doing? Thanks for joining me. We are live on Amazon, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and of course, the podcast will go out later on. Today, this is one of our editions where we talk to authors. Uh, also, of course, that's the uh, on Amazon Live author chat with Joe Polizzi today. So Joe has written, I don't know how many books. I read many of them. Um, and he's been on this show so so many times now. I do appreciate him coming back. He doesn't really need me, honestly. His book is already number one bestseller. So um, it's certainly a favor, more to me than to him, perhaps. But um, what I was going to say is I read um, the first edition of this book, and it really has helped so much. And I um, quoted it many times. Now, really quickly, I lost my train of thought there. When Joe was on the show the first time we were only doing audio and now we're going live everywhere so i think the business storytelling podcast has come a long way hopefully he won't disagree with me on that joe welcome back christoph thanks for having me no i definitely need you i absolutely this this podcast of yours is going to take the book right over the top we're going to dominate all the marketing categories no how are you sir it's good to see you hear you Hanging in there. Um, definitely has been inter- an interesting year. Just, you know, I haven't yeah. left this chair in a year, so I got a more comfortable chair and, you know, I got the haircut under control, as you can see. Um, and yeah, you're out there writing again. So that's good to see. What's uh, what's new in your world? Well, yeah, I think the last time we talked, I just finished my mystery book, The Will to Die, and I was promoting that going on that tour. And, uh, you know, the pandemic happened and I completely did a 180. After taking the sabbatical year off in 2018, I started writing fiction, and now here I am in 2020. You know, did the new version of Content Inc. So that launched this week, and uh, and launched a new business called The Tilt, which is all focused on content creators. So everything I'm doing right now is all focused on helping content creators find a business model. And if you'd asked me a year ago, I I would have said never. I'm, I said I'm never launching another business. I'm never going to write another marketing book. And here I have done both. So that's my story. Well, and I like the I like the strategy anyways to update a, an existing book, right? And of course, um, Andy Cristadina, I think, does that every year with his book, yeah. and he just uh, updates his book every year. And I, you know, I'm actually I spend my morning updating existing content, you know, towards new things and updated content, updated uh, information, whatever. So certainly an interesting strategy. But what prompted you instead of writing a new one? What one did you update this one? Well, I wasn't even, so let's take you back to middle of March. So everything shuts down. I was in the process of doing the the book launch for The Will to Die, which is a different kind of book launch than a business book. But so the middle of March, end of March, beginning of April, I started to get emails from friends who just got laid off, you know, agency friends that where's the business going. So there's a lot of uncertainty. And everyone's asking me about the content model, about a book that I wrote in 2015. I stopped the podcast 
And I started, so I get this feedback and then I started to look at our podcast downloads for Content Inc. They're going up. I hadn't recorded an episode for two years. I said, something's going on. So I called Danya, my executive editor over at McGraw-Hill Education, and I said, Danya, can you look at this and see, like, is there interest up or am I just, it's just all just my information that may not be valid? And she said, no, we're seeing it too. Like, you're seeing a pop here for this model. And I, I said, okay, well, I can't let the old, mo- I mean, it needs to be updated. It's been six years now. So basically spent the last, you know, six, nine months doing all new case studies, uh, changing everything. Uh, the, there's a new, uh, whole new section in the back on exit strategies because I talk about when we sold Content Marketing Institute. Um, uh, it's just amazing the amount of insight that we had to take the model to the next level. I really feel secure about this one, giving this to a content creator and say, here is your business model, move forward with it. Um, so that's it. I didn't anticipate it at all. I guess if you're listening, closely enough to your audience, they will tell you exactly what to do. My audience told me to rewrite this book and and here we are. And then of course I said, well, I can't just write the book. I've got to have some ongoing communication if I'm going to be a good content marketer here. So that's why we created the Tilt, which is two e-newsletters a week, Tuesday and Friday on the same thing. It's basically following the model of the book. How do you create a business model out of content creation? And yeah, I'm 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 excited about it. it's gotten good reviews so far. Everybody seems to be um I, I guess I'm happier about this one, Christoph, because of the fact that the timing seems perfect. As you, you probably saw this, there was new research that came out that said, you know, what do kids want to be when they grow up now? And instead of being an astronaut, astronaut, they're saying they want to be a YouTuber or a inf- uh, celebrity influencer. I don't know if that's good or bad, but all I'm saying is if they're going to do it, have a business model behind it. Content mm-hmm. Inc. is that business model. Don't go crazy yeah. putting your content everywhere your customers are at. Focus on being great and indispensable in one area. So that's what we talk about. Yeah, yeah. It's it, I don't know if that's good or bad either. Um, they'll realize how much work <laughs> actually goes into that to be yeah, an influencer. Patience. You got it. You know, because it's, it's a ton of work. Uh, it, it's interesting, too, because so I had a little bit of uh, downtime. We'll call it that last year. You know, especially I, I was writing content performance culture um, for a little while there. And then that came out. And as I was starting to apply for jobs again, you know, and, and trying to once the book actually, you know, everything was canceled. Right. I don't know if I yeah. talked to you then, mm-hmm. but I was supposed to go to Europe and speak at OMR and other places and nothing happened. Right. Everything was canceled. So I started looking for jobs and some people said, well, what's the authentic storytelling project? How can you work for us if you do all this other stuff and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, it's just my blog. Like I just share stuff. Yeah. I learn things. I mean, like what you and I are doing here. Yes, it's it's good to me too. But I'm also learning how to do it right for actual uh, for my day job for other people. So I told my wife, I said, I cannot stop. Like if I lose a couple jobs because they don't like me blogging and I'm a content marketer for them, it's not the right fit, anyways. That's right. No, I mean so, that should be a bonus. I mean, if you if you were getting hired today, I mean, I like it's funny when somebody asks me if there's a entrepreneur or somebody got a college and they say, I want to get a job in content marketing. What should I do? And I say, I always say, go build an audience. I don't care yeah. if it's on catching butterflies or mixtapes or whatever it is. 
create the process to build an audience because if you go in front of any marketer and you can say, look what I built, I actually have an audience of a thousand or 2000 or 10,000 people that regularly uh, engage in my content. I'm like, you're hired. And I don't think, I don't think people realize that. And they give that the value. They look at it probably in your case, they they see it as a distraction. That's the kind of company I don't want to work for. I want to work for somebody that knows how to build an audience that has an audience because your, Mm -hmm. your best, marketing ability today as an organization is through your employees. And I think if you don't understand that, you've, you've got a lot to learn. Yeah, definitely. And I just learned so much. I mean, I literally yeah. implement everything I learned on these live shows in my day job. I mean, all the time. So it's just something um, something to keep in mind for everybody who doesn't like that. that. Your podcast comes out on Monday. If you guys are watching on Amazon Live, it is down there in the carousel. Please check it out. It's on Amazon Music. My only feedback for that podcast, Joe, is it's too short. It's like I need more than five minutes. Like I'm not saying we need a 69-minute, 68-minute, 75-minute show, but five minutes, man, I'm getting into it, and it's already done. Tell us about Tell us about the five-minute decision as opposed to what everybody else is doing and they talk and talk and talk and talk yeah it's a the contenting podcast is a motivational podcast it's supposed to give you one thing one idea to think about for the week and so that's why it's you know you get up in the morning you're starting your week you listen to that podcast while you're brushing your teeth that's all that's pretty much all it takes and you're done (laughs) as we have our you know our friday podcast this old marketing you know robert rose and i we talk about all kinds of things that's going on in content marketing for an hour that's the one if you need some time. But I, I really wanted to keep this one short. It's always been short. I don't think I've had one longer than 10 minutes unless it's been a special episode where you're doing an interview or something like that. But I like to keep it short and simple. And believe it or not, besides you, Christoph, I've had some pretty good feedback on it. Uh, just keeping it short <laughs> in that one little nugget. And uh, yeah, I'm surprised actually because initially that was started as just a precursor to the launch. It was a marketing initiative to launch the first version of Content Inc. And then I was going to stop it. But people said, no, please don't stop it. I like that. It's sort of my Monday routine. And I'm like, fine. I mean, I could do five minutes. So I I write it out. They're generally 400 to 600 words long. I, re- I read it out. That's your one thing. Go get on with your week. And hopefully you keep that thing that week and make some difference. Yeah. And my feedback, it's not negative, Joe. My feedback is just I'd like more more please it's not saying it sucks because it's short it doesn't suck by any means of the imagination i enjoy it very much so is content inc um so i the first time i read it i think what time what year did it come out the first 2015 beginning of 2015 so i was uh, working in healthcare and i still Mm -hmm. remember large healthcare systems and i remember using the content tilt i still remember standing in front of executives and say your content is too blah. You have to do a content till, you know, like whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I show them that little graphic. And um, so I did that when it first came out. And so that's a big organization. So I would think the book is good for really internal people and also people who want to build their own content brand or, or who who's, who should read it. Well, it, it's you can use the model in any size organization. I if, if you're asking who I'm picturing in my mind as the audience while I wrote the book, it's content entrepreneurs. It's content creators who want to build a long-term sustainable business. But at the same time, you know, we've been working with billion-dollar enterprises that want to build a content brand inside their organization. You can use this model just the same. But you hit upon the content tilt. 
the content tilt is an area of differentiation. It's, it's an area, you got to find an area on the web where you can actually break through all the clutter. And what we find, and you know this well, you've worked with enough enterprises, so have I. You go in, and basically they're talking about the same things in the same way as dozen other companies. And you're not going to build an audience that way. So you have to differentiate. So, you know, our friend Andrew Davis calls it the hook. You could call it whatever you want. You could say you need a different point of view. I don't care. I like content tilt because what I, I like the tilting of the head where you have to look at a content area or a niche or an audience group, tilt your head and look at it differently in a different way. So does that mean that you're positioning the story differently, kind of like we did with content marketing when nobody was calling it content marketing and we said, no, this thing needs to be called something different. We're going to be the, the thought leader in that area. Let's call it that. Uh, HubSpot did the same thing with inbound marketing. Uh, so you might say, oh, okay, well, maybe it's a platform thing. It, let's take Twitch. There's all kinds of gamers on Twitch. And we saw recently uh, political commentator Hassan just took off on Twitch because he was the only one talking politics for a while on Twitch. Now he's got a huge audience. Maybe you're an accountant. Maybe you're in healthcare and you could leverage a new platform. Or maybe there's nobody doing what you're doing as a podcast. I don't know, right? So look at those kinds of things and maybe even look at your audience. So generally from a content tilt standpoint, companies don't look at niching down their audience enough. So they say, oh, my audience is plant managers. And I'm like, no, you probably can't be <coughs> managers. What can you do? Maybe you say, oh, we're targeting plant managers who are in companies of more than a thousand employees who ship out goods and services to India and China who locate their headquarters in the Pacific Northwest. I don't know. I'm just making that up. But that's the thing, right? That You might look at that audience group and say, hey, we can talk, tell a different story to that group of people. So I would say, you know, if you go through the whole contenting process, but you're not differentiated in some way, you're wasting your time. The, I, I think the whole differentiation is I think it's really hard for a lot of companies, right? Because um, they're jumping in and, and they want to be like somebody else, right? They want to do whatever somebody else is doing. Oh, they're successful. So we should try that. Um, but I, I don't know how you can tell good stories if you don't even know what it's about. I was talking to somebody, Joe. It was a CEO who shall remain nameless, and I don't have any relationship with them right now. And I said, they were looking for like a very specific audience. And I was like, oh, awesome. Yeah, I can totally help you with that. And then they said, oh, no, no, I don't want to do any of that. I just want the leads. And I'm like, yeah. well, I get it. But you still have to kind of figure out how you're going to differentiate. You can't just go, hey, work with this dude. <laughs> no, it's such a great point. Um, one of the case studies in the book is comedian Michael Jr., and I love his take on audience because I ask him about it, especially as a comedian. You know, how, how do you look at an audience because you have so many different people? And he says, I get up. My whole mission is who do I serve and how can I serve them better to help them live better lives in some way? And by the way, this is for businesses as well. So figure out who do you serve? And I like the whole service aspect of it. It almost gets to Jay Bear's helping. You know, it's like, okay. That's all you're in for. You're going to serve. You're going to help that audience every day, every minute of every day, and you're going to send them something indispensable. And if you do that over and over and over again, you will build a loyal audience. And once you build a loyal audience, then you can think about all the ways to monetize that audience. So generally, that's what we've been getting wrong with content marketing 
if you think about it as a content campaign, which is you know, content marketing campaign is not a thing. You can't do that. This is a marathon, not a sprint. So focus on building that relationship first. And then once you do, you can sell whatever you want to that. I mean, and that's what you're seeing companies like Amazon do and Google, where they have five, six, seven, eight different revenue sources because they built these audiences. That's the benefit of it. That's the benefit of what Disney's done. And they have so many different revenue sources today because they built these valuable audiences. And that's where I think we're going with innovative companies instead of just having one or two revenue sources. Oh, I sell products and services. Well, you can sell products. You can sell services. You're going to sell advertising and sponsorship. You're going to run events. You're going to have affiliate programs. You're going to have all these things because you can. And when something like the pandemic happens, you are going to be more protected because you've diversified your revenue. How do you diversify your revenue? You need a loyal audience first. So it's just coming back to the basics. It's such a simple model, but we get in such this mindset of, oh, we've got quarterly returns. We've, you know, we, we've got this, we're a publicly traded company. We've got to hit, hit these numbers. I need, need these sales. But if you're in it and you say, I need to have this done in six months, Joe, I like content marketing. What can I do? I'll say, don't do content marketing. Go interrupt people. Go buy advertising. Mm -hmm. If you want to invest and create an asset of content marketing, create the asset of audience, you're going to need 9, 12, 15, 18 months, and then you might have something. I don't know if you saw this, but now I'm into creating um, T-shirts on Amazon. <clears throat> I don't know that they sell on Amazon. Basically, they make fun of these things marketers do and say, right? So one mm -hmm. is... Um, as a guy holding up a rock and it says, can I move this um, non-negotiable deadline or something or this, what was it again? Um, it was just, the deadlines are just made up. Why does somebody only have six months? Are they going to die in month <laughs> seven? No, the reason they only have six months is because the investors want it to be done in six months. But if it can't be done in six months, you know, like, I mean, I got to lose weight. I only got four months, but it's not going to get done. Right. Yeah. It's like one pound a week. And even that's too difficult for me because I like food. So I think people just need to knock it off the whole. We don't have time. I mean, it's just crazy. Isn't well, it's, it? it's the other thing, too, with with diversification of channels. I mean, people will you get big companies that will come out there and say, oh, I want to do a podcast. I want to do an event series. I want to do a YouTube channel. I want to do Twitch. Channel. I want to do it all at the same time acting like they already have an audience, like they've already done the previous two years work. You don't get to the diversification yeah. of channels until you build one platform. And that's the biggest thing that I see. I'll go in and do a content audit with a company. And I'm like, you you got content going in 14 to 16 different pipes and social media channels. What are you doing? You don't have an audience <laughs> built yet. You're, you're already at step six when you, you're at step three. So I don't, but people don't understand that there's a business model behind that. And they think that, oh, this is all these free ways to share information. We should just do it. And you're just wasting everyone's time. So we have to get out there, you and I, and just keep talking about this thing and they'll get it. Oh, and we're not stop. We're not stopping. We're talking. No. That's we're good at that. So, okay. So I don't know if we disagree on with, on this topic or not, but, and maybe it's an unfair question because I'm not on day one, right. Of my content mm -hmm. journey, quite frankly. But, and when I first started, I really had one channel. Like I focused on the blog and then I yeah. did a book. And again, as I mentioned, thank you. Yeah. You you certainly encouraged me to do that, whether you know it or not. Um, and now it's the fourth one, you know, and Going Live came nice. out. And, but today my strategy really is 
to hit all the channels. And here's how what I mean by that. So we're doing the live stream, right? And us going to all those channels at once doesn't take me any more work than just going to one, right? Mm -hmm. Then I take the podcast version and I push it to whatever, 16, 18 channels. Um, and then that that's there. And then sometimes I write an article about it, which of course takes the most amount of time and you know sometimes has the least amount of return in week one, while all these live, live streams have higher return out of the gate, not long-term necessarily. Yeah. So is that, am I thinking about that incorrectly or are you talking about a different aspect of getting started? Well, you've been doing this for a long time. I think you're at a different point in your, so if somebody's starting out, if you're starting out right now, I would say, yes, you're probably doing it wrong. And I would say, where's your home base? So for example, mm -hmm. we're just, I'm just starting out with our new business, The Tilt. What's our home base? It's an email newsletter. Do we use Twitter? Do we use Discord? Do we use other things to promote that, to build a relationship? Sure, but I'm really just focused on building email, generating email subscribers as the number one thing. Do we kick out other articles as well? And does, do they show up on the blog? Sure, but at the end of the day, what's our home? Like Joe Rogan experience. Let's look at that podcast. He just has the podcast. Does he syndicate it out to other things to promote it? Sure, but his home, his platform is that podcast. He's not doing a podcast and a blog and a Twitch channel and 18 other things like most companies do. So that's what I want when you're saying you're building the base, which is the third step in the content model. You really have to focus on that base. It doesn't mean you shouldn't market the content like you're doing, Christoph. You're doing the right thing to market it, to syndicate it, to get it out. But I would say this maybe this show becomes your base, or I don't know if the blog becomes your base and this show is a marketing arm of it, but I like to make a decision about what becomes the base because if you look at every media company since the dawn of time and how they've been successful, they focused on one thing. New York Times has a newspaper. TED Talks has a in-person event series. Huffington Post started with one blog. Now they've got 400 or 500. So that's the thing we have to remember. And then once we build that minimum viable audience, then we can go ahead and take it to the next level. Fantastic. And, you know, so I, it's interesting too. I think, so back in the day, especially when I work with clients or especially in healthcare, we would interview all the experts, right? The doctors, and then we would write articles from the interviews. And so now the show, this show right here, it becomes, that's like, it takes the place of the interview, right? Mm -hmm. So in the old days, I would have called you and said, Joe, tell me about your new book. And then I wrote an article, right? But now what I'm doing is I'm interviewing you live on the air, um, there's some things, you know, people can't say on air, right? Like, so in a, in a private interview, they could say, well, this don't use this, but I want to make sure you understand. You can't do that because we're live to who knows how many people. Um, but that's kind of how I think of this channel too. It really has helped me, um, get good content from people and, uh, you know, connect with new people. And then of course, um, mm -hmm. go back to my home base, I guess, from when I first started even. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, most of it we we have hundreds of case studies in in the Content Inc. book, and what's interesting is they all seem to identify themselves by their core channel. They'll say, "I'm a blogger, I'm a writer, I'm a podcaster, I'm a YouTuber, I'm a Twitch streamer, I'm a TikTok star, whatever whatever they are." That's how they identify themselves to start, and then once they get to a certain level, then they be they feel like they're a media company. 
like Michael Stelzner from Social Media Examiner, that's a good example because he just started with a blog. That's all he did. Now, if you look at Social Media Examiner, they're a, they're a fully diversified media company, but they just start doing one thing. So I think that's where I want to take some pressure off a lot of the content creators out there and say, you don't have to be everywhere your customers are at. Be great at one thing. Build a home at one thing. If it's good enough and your audience is already there, they'll find you. Keep doing the marketing work like you're doing to get them there. And then once you build that audience, then it'll make it a lot easier for you to go in those new channels. To uh, really appreciate you coming on again uh, and making the time, Joe. It looks like the book is off to a great start. What What is the biggest barrier that people find when they're trying to tilt their content? I mean, uh, you know, I'm just speaking from my own personal experience. There's some things I know this is my tilt, and then I then I know, oh, I like writing about this. It doesn't really fit, but I'm going to do it anyways. And now I shouldn't be doing that. But how do companies, how do they determine what's unique about them? Like what's the biggest barrier or even creators on their own? How do they figure out what that is? I mean, there's a lot of things, but this is maybe the the most helpful that I can give you. When I I started, you know, I started in media. So I worked with 45 different business magazines and every Mm -hmm. one of them had an editorial mission statement. And I remember being in these editorial meetings and someone would bring up, oh, let's do this story. And then the chief editor would say, no, it doesn't follow our mission statement. Let's read this. Let's make sure. Who are we targeting? What are we delivering? What is the outcome for the audience? That's a mission statement. And it never sort of lives up to that. And what I found where most companies, when we go in, they don't have a mission statement. They don't know. Somebody said, here, we're going to write about this. Let's go. Or somebody wants to talk about this. That's why if you don't have a mission statement, you have no litmus test against where you'd say this should be written, this shouldn't be written, this should be created, this shouldn't be created. So it's a problem. So I'd like to go through and create that mission statement and figure out where you're really differentiated. You'll figure it out because you'll say, oh, is it in the who? Maybe we're not niche enough in the who. What are we going to deliver? Maybe there's a thousand companies delivering what we're delivering. So we have to look at that. The outcome, maybe we really need to think about how we're going to be indispensable to those people instead of what we want to sell, which generally in most mission statements, it's usually about we sell this, we're great at this, and nobody cares about that stuff. So I would say my advice would be go get your mission statement, do what great media companies do, and don't create a piece of content unless it fits within that mission statement. It's great advice. And it's not in the carousel today because I didn't know Joe was going to say that. But Tara Hunt and her team, they created uh, basically a game that you can use to come up with better mission statements. Oh, that's great. Um, So you can't you can't all have it's actually it's I did it live on air. I went through it once and it was quite interesting. Um, So, you know, don't pick all the safe words. We want to be innovative, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm already throwing up here a little bit. Exactly. Joe, really appreciate you making the time. Good luck with the book. And um, yeah, hope things are, everything is going well. And I uh, really appreciate you making the time again. Christoph, always, always got time for you. Looking forward to our next time chatting. Awesome. Thanks everyone for watching. Until next time. Storytelling Podcast. Please rate, review, and recommend our show to your friends and co-workers. Until next time. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. 
We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.